his second coming. And I want to mention that he came the first time to save us. And we can read this in the uh, book of John, chapter 1. And we look at verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So when he came, for the first time, he came in flesh to dwell among us and to do his father's will, to go to the cross of Calvary and to carry on his body on the tree our sin, to set us free, to bring us to his loving father, that we can be in unity with him. Second coming, we can read it in First Thessalonians. And chapter 4, verse 15. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with them, with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord, that second coming, shall not Prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of the God, and the dead in Christ shall first, shall rise first. And that's the hope we have, that we have to sing about. And this is the second coming of him. And I want also to see that he promised for this when we read, go back to John 14, when he said, I shall go and prepare a place for you. But there's another truth. I call it, or the Bible call it, his appearing. Some people, they call the second when he comes to appear for the glory and to rule, they call it second coming. And I think his second coming, it is the same as the rapture. It, it, it is not about us. It is about him. He came 
to save. He will come to take those who saved. And then he will come in his glory to tell everybody, refused him, that I am the one. The one I was rejected. And as we were studying in the, in the book of Isaiah, they said, the day of the Lord, when he comes. And I like to take you to a nice, beautiful verse in Second Timothy. Four. Second Timothy chapter four. And verse 8. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. And do you know that as much as we are desiring and looking forward for his second coming for us to take us to himself and bring us to the Father, it is also we love his appearing. Do you know why? Because we want to see him not despised only today, because we are the witnesses for his rejection today. He's been despised from the world. And how much we will feel when we see our Savior, the rejected one from the world, coming back in his appearing to the world, glorified with all the glory, and we are surrounding him. And this is the time we will be crowned with him, rolling with him. So these are the truth about his coming, and they come in three stages. He came to save. He will come to take his church and will come for judgment for, his, for this world to be judged, and he will be glorified in that time. And uh, I like to mention also that this truth of his second coming, Satan used it against the believers that we might forget. Because in the old days when the church started, this was the hope of them. That's what make them suffer and with pleasure. Suffer for him and they are rejoicing. They felt that they are not even worthy to die for him. The love for him that he is coming soon. Do you know what was the greeting in that time? Maran Atha. The Lord is coming. And this is the hope we have that we can live. And we 
find this truth that the Lord wants us to have it before our eyes, not every day, but every moment of our life. And knowing that we forget, he reminded us of something we do every week. Let's read the first Corinthians 11, chapter 11. Verse 26, for as often as you eat, this is what we did this morning, this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Here's the truth. We see it every Sunday when we come together to break the bread. It is two things for this matter. Sometimes, and in love I would say that, bear with me, that this meeting of breaking of bread, it is about him only, for his death and to remember his coming. So it is event that happened 2,000 years ago we want not to forget that we do it every Sunday, that we remember his death for us. And when we do this, that's give us the confidence that what happened according the prophecy, actually the second coming, it is for sure, as long as we are remembering him, we will remember his second coming to show forth his death till he come. The fact, the truth that he's coming again, it is displayed to us every Sunday. And that's the beauty of breaking bread. It is just to see him in every aspect, in every area, in the past, in the present, in the future. Being here, that the present means the result of his first coming, when he came to save us. And when we remember him, we know it could be the last time because he's coming. Every time we leave the breaking bread meeting, we know that we'll keep doing it till he comes. And what I'm trying here to emphasize, the, this truth, it was shining in the early church, but start be dimming today. Two things Satan uses against the non-believer and another one against the believer. The non-believers is you have enough time. You don't have to get saved today. Maybe tomorrow. Just keep delaying it, delaying it, and that's his fight against the word of God, which convicts people. It's just delay your salvation, wait for another day. Wait. And the Bible said, today is the acceptable time. Today is the day. So that's what he fight. And the same time he comes to the believer and take overshadowed 
the truth of his second coming that we might be busy and not thinking of his coming. So if you are not occupied that you are a stranger and you are waiting for his coming, what are you going to do? I'm going to get busy with something else. Oh, he's not coming now. He's, this has been said, and that's what Peter said in his writing, that some people, they said, when? Every day, look, since the, the church, early church, we've been saying this, and here it is, 2,000 years. But that's the thoughts of the devil. That's the fight for the believer, fighting them in the thoughts that forget about his coming. But his coming will make us anxious to see him. And imagine if you are ready to see him, everything here looks cheap, has no value. So when his second coming starts fading from our eyes, the words start glowing in our eyes and become so valuable. And then we get busy in the world, and this will lead us to speak about sleeping. Believer sleeping, forgetting about this truth of his second coming. And we like to go and read few verses in Matthew, book of Matthew, chapter 25, which is very beautiful illustration about the bridegroom is coming. Chapter 25, we start from verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lambs. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lambs are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so lest there be not enough for us and you, but go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterwards came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us, but he, answered, but he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I knew, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man 
cometh. And that's really very, very true for today. And if I look at the five wise and the five foolish, and why is five? The number five, as we understand, it is four plus one. The number four is a weak number, which present the world, the, the four corners of the world. Without God, we are weak. With God, we have responsibility toward God. And that's the five, the number of man's responsibility toward God. And these five virgins, they have a lamp. They have testimony. to talk about God, to tell the world that we belong to God. But the five are wise, five are foolish. That's total of the nominal Christian or the Christendom. It is not the Christianity. So you look, sometimes we can look at that church. Sometimes we have five of the wise. Sometimes we have some of the foolish. But you can't find, you can't see the difference. You can't see the difference, except it has to be oil in the lamp. Both of them, they look the same. They call themselves, we are waiting for the bridegroom. And sometimes we see the church full of half and half, or some and some. And all sitting there, you look at, and they say, okay, we are waiting for his coming. But really, the test will be seeing that is there oil in the lamp? What is the oil? It is the personal experience with the Lord. It is not coming to the meeting. It's not coming to the church. We all look alike when we sit here. And I love, I love the fact that the assembly started and the church of God everywhere and especially in this place that we don't neglect giving the gospel any given meeting. In any meeting we should give. We never know. We never know some of among us could be convicted in time after attending this assembly breaking bread for a long time. It has to be personal experience with the Lord. The lamb, we can go out and say, we are Christian. Here's the lamb. This is our testimony. But can we show the light? Is there a real light? The light will come from the source, the one who said, I am the light of the world. And the one who asked us to be the light and the salt. But unless he is in us, we wouldn't be able to give light to the world. So the test is, where is the real testimony here? But we couldn't, we can't understand. You remember the story about the field and the wheat and the weeds. And 
The master said, just leave them to grow together. Don't touch them. But when the harvest come, we'll plug the weeds and put it to the fire. And that's what tell us. But I'm going to go and talk about both of them slept, slumbered. Both of them, wise and foolish. And that's what I want to stress on this evening. That even we are saved, even we have the good testimony, even we have the light, even we have the oil, but many times we get to sleep. And sometimes the church of God is sleeping because the truth of his coming start to fade away. We can't remember that we are stranger and we're waiting for his coming to take us. The hope in us is his coming. It is not the hope that as we learn, actually we hear from other teachers that we are saved to make this community, this place, better place. We have to change the world. God put us here to change the government, to change the society, to fight the corruption, to do this and that. And then we go to change it by the election and criticizing the government, and we get involved. Do you know, if this world doesn't go downward, downward from worse to worse, we're not going to see the Lord coming. This is one of the signs of the coming that morality will be so down and the wickedness will be all over and rebellious people everywhere, hatred, fight, wars, all, all of these things has to come before his coming. And these are signs. So if we want to have this, and as we say, an abundant life means financially comfortable, cars, houses, bank account. I mean, enjoy the time. We are in America. Why not? It is sad that sometimes we are not good steward for what he gave us, except we spend it on ourselves. I'm not putting down that the Lord blessed us that we can enjoy it, but also to keep in mind that this is not our home. This is not our place. I don't like to say this, but I was invited <laughs> last night to my brother's house and exclusive area here. He moved to in heaven, up in heaven, all the way at the end of the mountain, close to the mountain, this community area. Beautiful house, beautiful house, big house. But do you know, wasn't enough. And my brother and his, 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 his wife are believers. But it grieved us because 
maybe the remodeling and the entrance and the swimming pool and the sliding and jacuzzi and the pool house may be more than the price of my house. I said, is this, this what God called us? To keep adding, adding, adding. How much can we enjoy? Hundreds of thousands of dollars for how many hours are we going to enjoy? I said, it's just so where we can read that the word, it is the lust of the eye and the pride of life. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of, what, what we call it pride of life. Somebody can explain pride of life. Means, I'm living so good. Look at where I live. Look what I do. This is what we called for. We called to look for his second coming. He made it so special to us that even when he takes us, he will take us in secret. And he's, he will come, and the world wouldn't know that he came, except when we are missing. And then the world will see the value of the, the believers here that by taking them, all the chaos will start. If airplane without a pilot. Car without drivers. Just imagine, imagine. Imagine we coming to the meeting, Irene next to me and Rick next to his wife, and we come and the time came and the Lord will take us. Your car will be driving by itself. Our car, Sam, his car driving by itself. Isn't that what's going to happen? Yes. And imagine, in everywhere, we are missing. We are going home. We are going home anytime, anytime. One more thing. I'd like to emphasize that we are not waiting to die. Some people say, okay, we are retired. We are getting old. What's next? Do you know what is next? The Lord is coming. And that's from, from Satan that, oh, we are near to death. How do you know? Till the last minute of our lives, we supposed to be waiting for his coming. Moran Atha. We shouldn't lose sight of this truth. Let's go back to the one who didn't have the oil. It's a sad story because they are among us. They are around us. They go to the church. They hear the gospel. There are some of them that are in some churches and choirs. Believe me, there are some of them, they call the, themselves worship leaders. They dare, they dare to call themselves worship leaders. But there is no grace. 
There's no oil. And when we read that, when the shout came, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Even the believers, they were asleep, but because of the Holy Spirit in their heart, they wake up. And we need, we need to have this call every Sunday to wake the believers up from their sleep. We need to make this call that they wake up and say, what are we doing? The Lord is coming. And we need not to emphasize in the breaking of bread on ourselves. We are byproduct. But we are not here to brag about our salvation. Yes, we got the salvation. But we're supposed to thank him. But do you know thank him for what? Thank him for sending the son. And once the son came and died, do this in remembrance of me. Me, here's the person. And then we show forth his death. So remembering him, showing forth his death, and remembering his coming. So where we are in this, we don't. There's nothing for us in this meeting at all. And that's why when we focus on him, our desires will burn in our hearts for him. If we talk about, we, do you know why we are breaking bread and remembering him? Why we are here? Because of we are saved. This has been given. We come into, there is two different things that we can come and thank him for the gift he gave us. But when we say come to remember him, that means him at, completely. So anyway, I want to emphasize that remembering the Lord not only showing for this, but remembering his second coming. We keep doing it. We keep doing it because one day we'll cease of doing this and we'll be with him in heaven. Then they want to buy oil. So they went to the wise and asked, can give us some oil? said, we can't. Go and buy yourself some oil. And here it is. The gift of God of salvation is personal. Personal. I cannot go to heaven in account of my brother, of my wife, of my daughter, of my father. I go to heaven on my own account. It is not enough for me and you. It is enough for me. So get your own experience with the Lord. You need to have your own. And if you don't get it in your own, the door will be closed. And that's the warning here today, that it is experience with the Lord on personal level. Not come and I am with the crowd, I am singing, I am happy with the fellowship, 
I am eating with them? No, you need to know him personally. You need to have him as a friend, as a savior, as a shepherd, as the one you can talk to. How can I go to him and I don't know him? So they told him, go by to yourself. But do you know something? We didn't pay for it. How can they buy it? But they're going to buy it for free. But who's going to sell? <laughs> they went to look. But the bridegroom came. Already here. How can you buy it? There is no Holy Spirit to sell. There is no Holy Spirit to give. The door is closed. They went all over. Midnight. Who is open the store to buy anything? It is over. And that's the verse, I love it, or this is the passage the script, in Scripture that I love it, because we've been deceived many times that there is second chance. There's movies about second chance. There's many teaching about second chance. Dear brothers and sisters, there is no second chance. Once the door is closed, when the Holy Spirit has been taken away from the scene, Brother Sam talked this morning about stay in Jerusalem. They have the commission, but they couldn't go. How can they, people can get saved and the Holy Spirit hasn't been upon them? didn't come to dwell in the earth to work in the heart of the people can repent. Who's going to convict? So the only one can convict for the sin is the Holy Spirit. And when the door is shut and the Holy Spirit is taken, because do you know what? The reason the Holy Spirit is here is the church. Once the church has been taken, he will take the church and go with them. Who's going to convict? So there is no place to buy. So they came. Open for us. Please open for us. I said, I don't know you. Wow. We've been in the meeting. We've been serving. Doesn't this remind us with the Matthew 7? Let's go, go to Matthew 7. Verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonder, wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, 
you that work iniquity. Isn't this the same? I, here he say, I never knew you. To the foolish virgins, he said, I don't know you. To know him is to know his power of salvation in your heart, in your life. To know that he is your savior. To know that he is the one occupied the life and the heart. If I don't know him here, have a relationship with him here, he will deny me there, of course. And that's when we find that it's too late for people that harden their heart, as we heard this morning, listening, listening, hearing, hearing the gospel. They have lamps, but empty, empty testimony has no power into it. There's no light. There's no personal experience to talk about. Empty lamps. Foolish. But do you know something? We've been called foolish. We are the wise in the eyes of God. This world called us foolish, naive, full of simplicity. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, wait. We will wait till he comes. And you see that the church is taken from the scene. And then let them realize who are the foolish ones. When he comes and take us, and then, after seven years, he will come back in his glory, showing himself to his enemies and ruling over this earth, the one who was rejected, the one who was despised till today. And I mentioned this on Wednesday that I heard things about our Lord mocking him, his birth, from TV in the Middle East. I said, yes, imagine my God is wearing a diaper. My God is crawling. My God, they mocked Jesus in his birth in Egypt and in other country. I heard this. They make fun of him. They make jokes of him but he still loves them. And the door is open. And they can come. The out and the in ones. We have some people inside. They can come. People outside still, they can come. May the Lord will shine this truth of his second coming in our eyes that when I leave home, we say maybe... I will meet my wife in the air. I'm not going to see her home. Maybe when we leave Sunday, maybe we say, oh, our Wednesday meeting will be in the cloud or in heaven. If we have these thoughts, we don't greet ourselves anymore. Good morning, good afternoon. 
will go like the, old, the disciples in the old days and say, Maran, Atha, the Lord is coming. May the Lord bless this word to our hearts that we can always ready for his coming to take us back. Let's pray. Blessed God, our Father, we thank you for our Lord Jesus, the one who came in obedience to you and dwell among us, lived among us, doing your will perfectly to save us, to bring us clean and righteous before thee. We thank you because he didn't only die and rose again, and he is interceding for us in heaven, but he also promised us to come and take us to himself. Blessed Father, we thank you for the word that can encourage us and teaches us. Help us to be obedient, obedient to the word. Meditate on it, take it to our hearts, that we might not sin against thee. We pray for the rest of the week. We pray for the conference up in the Yosemite to bless the attendance, to bless the speakers, bless your word, give them a comfort in their hearts, salvation for those who are afar from you, a defy to the believers, give them joy of the spirit, and protect them and bring us Bring them to us safe. We pray for all the activities during the week. We pray for Wednesday evening Bible study and prayer meeting. And encourage our heart in these days, which is difficult troubles all over the world. We pray for Egypt, Lord. All the turmoil, the church there, the persecution happening there. Give peace to this country that has been under uh, troubles for a long, long time. And we pray for your church that might be ready for the soon coming of our Lord Jesus, the one who pray in his name all these things. Amen. <coughs>